Hello everyone, welcome back on the Agri Adventures channel. This is Simone Berliat, and today we are in one of our uh, podcast, uh, garden topic podcast. Uh, so uh, thank you to have uh, uh, Malcolm uh, Ains, Malcolm, uh, with us today. No, oh, hello. Sorry. <laughs> 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 and um, yes, so as usual, we have uh, interesting topics correlated with gardening. Uh, we spoke about uh, pests and predators in previous episodes. Uh, we spoke about how to feed your own garden uh, with your kitchen scraps, which is also another interesting thing. But today, Malcolm, what we're going to speak about? We're going to speak about some uh, really common plants that people have in their gardens that they probably don't know that they can eat or use. Ah, okay. Yeah. Not so, weeds, house plants, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So... Um, Hopefully the, the idea, what's the outcome? That we're gonna have people going around and munching more from their garden? Yeah. Okay. They'll be eating more from home and they'll be surprising their friends and doing all kinds of weird stuff with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll see what type of plants we're gonna see on this episode. Okay. You'll be surprised, I think, yeah. <laughs> okay, so all yours. Okay. So I'll just go to... Um, so yeah, and anyway, everybody I think by now knows me. I'm Malcolm from Legaya Garden. And uh, we've started to have a nice little working relationship here, haven't we? This is number three Indeed. of hopefully many, many more podcasts to come. Yes. <laughs> so this week I thought about um, what to talk about. And I was out in the garden and I was looking at our spider plants and I thought, Maybe people don't know they can eat them. And then I got onto a list of other stuff that I think that people have got in their gardens, really common plants, and they might probably don't know that they can eat them or use them medicinally. So I've done a little slideshow and we'll go one by one and we'll start here. Just let me share the screen and I'll go to here. Share the screen, and there we are. Um, okay, we'll start with start at A with avocado. So avocados grow well here in South Australia, we and everybody knows that you can eat the fruit. Uh -huh. And um, but a lot of people don't get them to fruit, and a lot of that's because if you start with a an avocado tree that grows from the seed. Yeah, you know, like a lot of people do, they'll, they'll plant their avocado seeds or they'll come up in the compost or they'll, um, they'll sorry, just take care of that. Um, they'll um, uh, just, they sit them on glasses and get the roots to come out and the shoots all fun. But it can take up to 15 to 20 years to get a fruit from a tree grown like that. Okay. And that's a long time for an average garden and too long for most people. They, they can take a long time. So that's why people buy them grafted, and then the root, their plant will will grow fruit within a couple of years. But what I learned when I was in the Philippines <clears throat> is that even the seed-grown avocados, they can be um, medicinal. You can brew up a tea from them and drink that if you have any kind of stomach upset or diarrhea 
or um, any kind of dysentery, which is what they use for in Asia a lot. We don't have so much dysentery here. So that's a, a use for a plant that you may have in the garden that your kids have planted that um, never does anything because it takes too long. So you can have a little herbal use for it too. And the next, this, the next one, when I share this one, let me share the screen again. And we'll go from avocado to azolla. I think I mentioned azolla in the previous one as uh, a fertilizer. Mm -hmm. um, it's very nutritious, very high in protein, lots of amino acids and things, but it's not really a good food for humans because um, it's just tasteless. But it's good for chickens. So if you've got chickens, you can use it to feed your chickens. Mm -hmm. and make them super strong and super healthy. They'll and chase you around the garden. Yeah. They'll chase you everywhere, yeah. They'll <laughs> give you their eggs, yeah. <laughs> they'll be at the door. Um, now, there is a, a, some research being done by a, uh, I believe she's Australian uh, researcher, into actually using this as food. Uh, but I've tried it myself, and I wouldn't recommend it. But it's just an amazing plant to have in the garden. And nearly everybody's got it in their ponds and people complain about it and they throw it out and it comes back the next year because it's, it's a fern and it grows from tiny, tiny, tiny spores, millions of them. So you, once you've got it, you'll never be rid of it. So you may as well learn to love it, learn to live with it and then um, use it on the garden and feed it to your animals too. Very useful. Yeah. It's very useful plant. So next one. Is whoops, sorry, I, I skipped my computer. My computer was going too slow before. Now it's going too fast. <laughs> Let's go back. This one. Here we go back one more, maybe. No, that was it. No. This one, we have, a lot of people have seen this in their gardens. It's called baby sunrose. It's uh, a succulent, mm -hmm. and it just forms really big mats all over the place. It um, it'll grow really. You only have to stick a a couple of branches into the ground and you'll get a new plant. Um, good thing with it is it, it's edible. It's quite tasty. You can eat the leaves. Yeah, you eat it as a green leafy vegetable. You can cook it. You can have it on salads. You can have it, uh, eat the, sprinkle the flowers on, onto, onto meals. And it, it's good. It's, it's not super high in nutrient, nutrients. It's got vitamin C and it's got... Um, some iron in it, some other minerals and things. But it's just an interesting thing, and everybody grows it. And it's one of those plants we grow for when the zombie invasions come because people will come and steal all our food plants, Absolutely. but we'll still have that on the ground. And we've got yeah, a few yeah. plants like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Considering the knowledge that there is nowadays in terms of uh, food and foraging, we are safe. Yeah. <laughs> There is no reason they're gonna. The only thing they're gonna steal is food from from McDonald's. So that's right. What do you wanna do? They they don't even able to cook. You know. <laughs> so. They come to my garden and say, "What are all these weeds? We're not gonna stop there, yeah. unless they've watched your podcast." I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to write it for not zombies. That's another one that we don't wanna have. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Okay, uh, on to the next one. Um, where we share the screen again. I'm getting good at this now. Baby sunrise. Okay, bananas. Ooh. Now, a lot of people um, grow bananas here in South Australia mm -hmm. and they get a, a, 
a wide range of results. Some species like blue ducker and some others they grow and lady fingers, they grow really, really well here in South Australia and even out towards Gawler out in the northern area. Um, and some just don't. But what happens, what we like to do, and Jelena being from the Philippines, this is one of her specialties, is you'll see that the, the flower stalk comes down, opens up into a big branch. Now, underneath there, mm-hmm. there's the little yellow pieces. That's the mm-hmm. stamen, and I think. And there's where the bananas will come. And once the bananas have started to form, you can cut off the rest of the flower spike and cook it. And it's delicious with um, coconut milk and a bit of lime. And it's a, a Filipino recipe. They call it, uh, I think, if I remember rightly, puso, which is heart, heart of the banana. Ooh. And it's a really, really delicious, um, delicious thing. Yeah. And and you, the, 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 the petals, they look quite... Um, uh, consistent. They seem to have a good texture too. Yeah, they're, they're quite stiff, but when you cook them and you boil them up and you add the coconut milk and the the other ingredients, then it becomes quite good. Interesting. And we grow bananas here as well because um, the stumps, when you cut the branches off, or you cut the stumps off, you can extract a fibre from that, and with that fibre you can make fabric. Mm. And Jelene is a, a textile artist, so this has been a big interest of hers for most of her life. So we found a couple of good sources of bananas around the place, and this year we'll be be making some some proper fabrics out of it. Interesting. Yeah. So bananas, another one. Uh, on to the next one. What have we got here? Oh, this is another one. Let me just enlarge this a little bit. Right. A lot of people grow corn. Yeah. Born in their veggie garden, this is all good. But they throw away this little part here. Can you see the little arrow where I'm moving the arrow? Yep. Yep. They throw away that, like the hair that comes on the, the on the corn. Yeah. And even when you buy it from the shops, you get a lot of this hair still on yeah, the corn. Yeah, you throw them away. Yeah, but this is an amazingly um, beneficial part of the plant. It's used in herbalism. And they call it corn silk or corn style because it's the style or the stamen of the, the male part of the flower. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take that out, you can either cook it, make it um, fresh or dry it and then make it into a tea afterwards. And if you drink the tea that's made from that, it helps with a lot of urinary tract infections, kidney, bladder, UTIs, anything like that. It's really soothing. Interesting. It has a way of getting everything through the digestive tract and then to the urinary tract, and it helps to soothe all those inflamed membranes and uh, helps to relieve the pain, helps to ease it. It's a diuretic, so it helps you to urinate, and it, it um, calms and soothes everything else on the way through so the urine can pass out, and you help to relieve the infection a lot better that way. Nice. So if you see it even at the um, the supermarket, when you buy them, just grab it, put it in a jar, keep it as a tea, and then use it when you need it, especially summer. Summer is the time you need it because a lot of people get dehydrated and um, worn out, and that leads to urinary tract infections, kidney infections, bladder infections, 
So this is one of the solutions for it. Okay, next one. Where's my arrow? My little arrow's not coming up. Disappear. Remove the arrow. Here's my arrow. <laughs> Gone. That's okay. Let's try to to share again and and, and see what happened. We lost the arrow, by the way, people. How do we do? We lost the arrow on the right hand side. Can we go to the left hand side? Do we? Oh. Not even the left one. No, decided not to be here. Let me just stop sharing and reopen that and we'll see what we get. Absolutely. Okay. This one again. It's, it's that, that's a nice thing when you, when you speak about and you work in a garden. The, the best thing is the, the, the worst case scenario that happened to you is that you forgot where you put your tool one day. <laughs> it never happened that it disappeared when you're using it. Yep. Like it's not that you are digging something and suddenly, huh, what is gone? It's gone. It's anymore. just gone. This is welcome to the world of computer. <laughs> okay, so, let's try again. I just again. closed that little app and reopened it. So we'll share the screen again. Okay, this I've got my arrow back. That's good too. Yeah. Okay, now this is a, a spectacular plant that a lot of people grow around the place. They don't all look like this. There's a, a lot of varieties. But this is a daylily. Say again, huh? A daylily. Oh, daylily, okay. Daylily, yeah, it's a beautiful flower. There's many, many different varieties. It's actually now, not a lily. Yeah, now I'm thinking that we're going to eat it somewhere because at this point we had the banana and then... <laughs> oh, you can eat this, of course. <laughs> the whole of the plant is edible. The whole of the plant. The flowers, okay. the, 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 um, the leaves, the stem. So it doesn't make a tuber like true lilies it's not a it's not a, it's called a lily because that's the common name for it but it's not actually a lily because a lot of lilies have um components in them parts that will make you sick mm. but day lilies you can eat the whole plant and my favorite part is to eat these stamen the, mm -hmm. the pieces that come out of the middle of the flower mm -hmm. i just pick them as i walk around and chew on them they're, they're crunchy they're like juicy they've got a little sweet taste and they're quite nice, but I've got to make sure I don't eat enough, too many of them. Mm. Otherwise, the plant can't reproduce properly. Exactly. <laughs> but there are so many different varieties of them. But make sure it's a day lily, not a, a any other kind of lily. Yes. Otherwise, otherwise, otherwise we're going to be sued. <laughs> we're in trouble, yeah. Emilocorus, I think these are called. So, yeah, they're, make sure they're day lilies. It's got to say that on the on the label. Mm -hmm. And next we go to one that, did we get this one? Okay. People might recognize this one. It's a vine. It grows, has these long flower spikes. Mm -hmm. Very, very thick and dense vine. And also it has, if I can get my, it grows these bulbs on the, on the vine itself and they drop off and they form new plants and they make, uh, they, they, they're one of the reasons why the plant can be a real pest in the garden as well, because every one of those little bits will grow a new new vine from it, it's and they break off so easily. This, this, this action, this plant. Interesting. Yeah. So what what we use this for? Um, 
these parts are edible and they're used in Chinese medicine. Okay. Apparently, I haven't found out exactly why, but if we look at the rest of the plant, the leaves, especially the young leaves, the flower stems, and the rhizome underground are all edible. You can eat any part of the plant, basically. And yet a lot of people are just, once they've got it, they want to get rid of it because it grows so thick and so lush and so dense and it takes over other trees and it it just smothers things. But if you keep on keep knocking it back and feed it to the chickens, feed it to yourself, uh, it's quite a good plant. And it's one plant that people just walk straight past. They don't, they've seen it so many times in so many places. Yeah. But they don't know you can eat it. So they just walk straight through, straight past it. It's like not even on their radar. Mm-hmm. So it's another one for when the zombies come. When the zombies. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll be safe there. Okay. Um, now, so that's, a, that's just a couple of really common ones. I'll, I'll jump to another one. Mm-hmm which you can see, that's uh, just like the mango, uh, the avocado we spoke about, the mango leaves can be used as well for similar things. Brewing a tea out of them, two or three in a, a, a cup of hot water or a small pot of hot water and drink that and it will settle upset stomachs. Um, there is research that it's useful in diabetes as well to lower blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally we use it in a, a general herbal tea blend with the avocado leaves and the mango leaves and then work from there. So it's another one. It's a, a lot of, some people have mango trees, so I was jump back to that one, yeah. have mango trees, but they never flower or they never get any fruit out of it. So they, they get really disappointed with them. So this one, now you know that you can use it for a, a stomach upset problem. You can have it as a tea. Yeah, and away you go. And um, in this case, uh, when you, you you grab the leaves and then you let them dry, how long are you leaving them drying before to use them as a tea? I just let them dry until they're crunchy. Ah, okay. You can use them fresh, but I find you get a, a stronger tasting tea if they're dry. Mm. Okay. And they just we just keep pruning. That's probably why our trees never actually grow any fruit because we keep taking all the energy out really using the leaves okay next one everybody knows this one do you know this one simone i saw it already yeah it's the little thick branches there little thick leaves it's the money tree okay the money tree every grandmother's garden has got a money tree whenever i see it i relate it to grandmothers because when I was growing up, it was one of the plants that all the old ladies had in the garden. They had lavender and they had this. <laughs> that was, that was, that's one of my childhood memories. The money tree. So it's, uh, tree. it's a tree that you go there and you get money sometime? Well, I, I keep looking, but nothing yet. But it's, yeah. you know, the tree's only 10 years old. So <laughs> but it's called a money tree. It, it's in the, the leaves are kind of shaped like Chinese, old Chinese coins. And it's uh, one of the Asian beliefs that if you have a plant near your front door, it will attract money. Oh, okay. So we've had them near the front door, or the back door, the side door, the windows, but still no money. So. <laughs> um, interesting bit about this, though, is the leaves. They're delicious. And 
out of people that come here, every time I do a, a walk or a talk or anything, they just don't, they, they're surprised by the leaves. They've got a, they're juicy and they've got a little bit of a, a lemony taste to it, a little bit of a bite. So mm -hmm. they're really nice on, on salads or just to nibble around the garden. And they're very juicy and they sort of make a, like a, a mucus kind of feeling in your mouth. So if you're thirsty, they'll help you to ease your thirst a little bit. Okay. They're amazing. Now, what, the other interesting thing about this plant is people use it as a bonsai plant and it can be, it can grow really huge. And in South Africa, they call it speck boom. And I'm not sure exactly what that means in South Africa, but in Africa, it's um, the other name for it is elephant food. Okay. Because elephants love to eat it. So it's good for the elephants. Good. But the really interesting thing is it's one of the plants out of all the plants that we can grow that sequester the most carbon from the atmosphere. So they suck out a lot of carbon from the atmosphere, each plant, and use it in their growth. So I believe they're planting lots and lots of this in, in South Africa, in other parts of Africa, large-scale plantations going in to try and draw down some of the carbon dioxide from our atmosphere. And then they feed the elephants. And then you can feed the elephants. Or ask the vents, you know. Then if there's any left, you can feed yourself. <laughs> so that's a nice one. All right, now let me go back again. Let's see. Ah, we got the secret. The secret is the zoom. Yeah. <laughs> need to be need to be completely zero. Otherwise, the arrow doesn't like it. That's exactly what's happening. Ah, we well spotted, Simone. <laughs> okay, this one, everybody's got this, don't they? Mm. My grandmother had it too in Italy. Yeah, they're everywhere. And we, we're growing a lot more of them. Once again, it's edible. Mm. You can eat the young leaves, the young bulbs, the flowers. But the best part is in the pot, well, this is, and a lot of people don't even know this happens, but in the pot, after the plant grows, you get... Oh, I went too far, sorry. No, there. You get these tubers. Okay. Thick and juicy. And you can eat those as well. They're edible. You can eat them straight away. Or you can cook them up like a potato. Yeah. Like roast them or slice them up and fry them. They're not good boiled though, but fried. Yeah, any, anything that keeps the crispness is um is really good. And they're nice to just to eat fresh in summer as well. Mm -hmm. It's like the Sweet like Jerusalem artichokes or? Kind of more bland like a potato. You know, ah, okay. a bit of, of raw potato. It hasn't got a lot of taste, just the texture. And these are like that. So they're, that's one that, and also the plant itself, where am I? There. We're growing a whole wall of it near the front door and we're starting to move it inside because it's one of the plants that can clean the air so well. The structure of the leaves is that they can absorb a lot of chemicals, especially artificial chemicals, man-made chemicals, out of the atmosphere. And the air just passes through and they clean the air and then it grows into the plant. And I'm not sure what you do with it after that, but uh, we're growing like literally a whole wall of it by the front door and the, the front window. And they looked at using this in, um, in space as well to help you clean the atmosphere, the air from the, um, the um, astronauts too. Interesting. 
Yeah, and a lot of your, um, yeah, as I said, mainly a lot of man-made chemicals, all your PCBs and polycarbons and all this stuff, it'll just pull them straight out of the air really well. So I'm assuming you don't eat the plant too much after you've used it for that, but um, yeah, we'll see. But also it freshes the air and also it, it also takes ozone out of the air as well too. And ozone, depending on where it is and how much it is, can be a problem. Yeah. And if you see the leaves starting to starting to burn a little bit, that means that they're they've been extracting a lot of ozone. So okay. um, you know that they're working really well. Mm. And the last next one is oh, sorry, I've got two more to uh -huh. go. Two more to go. Just stopping this one. This is star jasmine. Yeah. A lot of people have it as a, a climber, as a decorative plant, as in the beautiful, beautiful, rich, strong smell that comes out of it. Mm -hmm. um, you can't, it's not really good to eat, but use it in Chinese medicine. You make a tea out of the flowers mm -hmm. and also honeysuckle as well. That's one I forgot to put on today, honeysuckle. Um, what they do is a tea, they're soothing, they help the energy to move around and they help to help you to sweat when you're hot. They help to, your body to cool down by making you sweat by eliminating some of the heat from your body if you have it as a hot tea. So it's another use that a lot of people don't know about. Also okay. supposed to be an aphrodisiac, but I haven't been able to prove that yet. Always time for that. I'll, I've tried, but just no success yet. But you know, maybe I'm not carrying enough with me. <laughs> exactly. I carry a say, yeah. A bag. <laughs> yeah, take like this. <laughs> it's a good dose, I can say. Well, I know that they use also jasmine in teas. So interesting. I've been visiting, when I've been visiting China and I've been visiting a couple of uh, tea museums where also uh -huh. they produce tea and there were so many different varieties and they generally don't explain much what was the use of the tea. Right. But definitely, there are use of different type of teas for different uh, situations. So definitely, yeah. that's really really interesting. It's also a painkiller as well because it reduces inflammation in your body. Uh -huh. So the inflamed area doesn't swell as much, doesn't have as much inflammation, and relieves some pain that way too. So it's pretty good like that. And now we're up to the last one of the day. Oh, sorry, I should be. I should go sharing. This is the last one I have prepared, but this is one a lot of people will be very surprised about. That's I think. Uh, let's go to share that one. All right, yucca trees. Oh, okay. You've seen these around the place, spiky. Yeah. Yeah. What, how do you eat them? These are interesting. The flowers, uh -huh. if you eat them, um, you cook them, you have to cook them first, otherwise they can upset your stomach a bit. Okay. But they're edible. They can taste just like a, a cabbage. To me, they taste like cabbage. Other people have said they've got different tastes, but I reckon they're, they're just like cabbage. So every year you get these big spikes coming off of the tree. And um, yeah, so why not use them? <laughs> and the, the um, side of the leaves as well, mm -hmm. They have a, a fiber in them. You can extract a thread from those mm -hmm. and you can use that to do weaving with. Mm -hmm. And also the roots and the base of the stems are edible as well. 
but I'm only just going for the flowers because they're easier to easier to access and you don't have to kill the plant yes exactly yeah so that's one another one a lot of places have and beautiful flowers too big this is down by the this one's down by the parklands at the um in Adelaide so there's giant some giant species there as well so that was it that's what I sort of had prepared for the day so okay so if you're going to stop to share, and I need a second because okay. I didn't know what we we're going to speak about today, but probably I have one too. I need to go and grab it. Give me one okay. second. Yeah. And obviously, no pictures on camera. Okay, so let's see if. Can you hold it a little closer? Yep. So, <clears throat> side. It's a ground cover, isn't it? It sits on the ground and yes. spreads out. It looks like purslane. The leaves are thick. It's a purslane. Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing plant. Amazing. Yep. Just like that. So yummy. Highest levels of omega-3 fatty acids from um, any plant. And an amazing supply of other nutrients like vitamin C. And it's especially good for women and for men as we get older because... Um, what the omega-3 acids do, the fatty acids, they transport hormones around your body. Okay. So your body, you might not be short of hormones for whatever reason, especially as we get a little bit older, but your body might not be transporting them properly because they're moved around on fats and fatty acids. So by eating this, you get the nutritional boost and you get your hormones distributed more efficiently across your body. Okay. And it improves your health a lot. I know people that have, um, after eating it for one season, they say their skin and their hair have really improved in, in their quality and their appearance. Okay. So um, once again, I've, I'm probably not using enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, I have to. But it was, uh, it was really, also was really, the, the, the experience was really fun because uh, I, I, I told to my son, you know, and then we have all the garden outside completely covered of it. So I said, can you please pick, you know, a bit of this plant from outside? And then he went to pick it up and then brought it in and I said, okay. And I did washing it and then put it in the salad. And he was yeah. like, what? <laughs> what that is doing? It's crazy. And then I have been eating on it and he was, he was really impressed. So and I know people who, um, they keep the stems and they ferment the stems. Okay. And they eat those and they get a nice crispy tangy taste. Mm, yeah, I can my see favorite part is the seeds. So each plant can produce a quarter of a million seeds in a season. Okay. And they're tiny little black seeds, like poppy seeds. Yeah, they're all on, on my table now. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a lot of the oils in them. Mm -hmm. And you can use them like you do um, what, amaranth or quinoa. Okay. Yeah, you can use them the same way. They're very nutritious, chia as well. So it's good to know because the first time, like now is, is the season because yeah. they, everything is outside there. They're starting to be dry a little bit. means that they put out the seeds and now it's time to die. Yeah, and the seeds are everywhere. But without knowing that, last time I thought they were something else. So yeah. I've been just, you know, taking the seeds away. Oh, okay. Now I know. Yeah, now you know. But they're um, interesting as well. Chickens, if chickens eat them, it makes their eggs more yellow. Okay. That's uh, something I haven't proven myself yet, but 
Um, it's something that's quite common, common knowledge, common in all the books and references. Okay. So, but what I found about the plant, if you try and grow it, mm-hmm. it doesn't want to grow. <laughs> I've used seeds. I've done everything with it. And the ones that I've successfully transplanted, once you start to look after them to add water and fertilizer, you get smaller leaves. You get small, tiny leaves, not the big, juicy ones. So it's a plant that likes a lot of um, a lot of um, neglect. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Doesn't care. No. And you look at the nature of the plant too. It spreads out across this the land, the surface. Yes. So it's like a band-aid. It's like a bandage on the soil, on the dead mm-hmm. soil, or open soil. And it's got roots that go really deep. And they bring up the nutrients from down below in the moisture. And then when the rest of the plant dies off, they drop and become part of the mulch, part of the top layer. Mm-hmm. And because they've got so many seeds, they're easy to spread. So it's one of nature's band-aids too. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Oh, so was an interesting... Uh, episode it was uh, just long enough i can say okay and um, definitely for who has been following us we you have more information now so maybe we can start to interact a bit more if you want to send some of the pictures of you having a sandwich with uh, with one of these or yeah, like it would be really it, yeah. fun it will be interesting and um so uh, malcolm let us know if anything happened um, on your area, if you uh, you guys you're doing something because it's always nice to share in the in the community. Yeah, it's good. And uh, we'll see you again for the next episode of uh, Garden Tips uh, on Aggie Adventures. Excellent, yes, Simone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good day. Bye.